0: Yes, people, how are we all doing? I hope we're all doing really well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today we are joined by another special guest. I always say they're special, but all the way from Jersey. Currently, they do not have a lockdown like the rest of the UK. So lucky him, he's still training and living his life as normal. Mr. Simon Johnson. So Simon is a PT and an online coach. With him, we discussed today his whole story, his whole fitness journey starting at 17 years old where he first qualified as a PT, how he built his business from his backyard in a what seemed to be a shed, then building up to the point where he was doing over 100 PT sessions a week, yes 100, talk about that and then also his progression in the online business and how he moved his one-to-one PT all onto online discuss a bit about his, his rugby career as well so Simon was a good rugby player when he was younger we'll discuss how he ended up stepping out of the game because of injuries that he had and also just obviously progressing in the PT and the online coaching industry which led to him obviously packing in his career and how he found it quite difficult in the end we also discuss a bit about the client side of personal training getting the clients buy in, and actually helping the client long-term building routines and how to set out your day and set yourself up for success so a few things for PTs or anybody in business who wants to help out people, definitely worth a listen. And we finally touch on the mental health side of the gym, which is a big topic that we talk about right at the end. So stay all the way to the end for that one. So we'll jump straight into the podcast. Quickly, before we do though, apologize for the audio quality on this one. We've we'll had some technical difficulties with Wi-Fi and my mic as well, so it might not be as good as usual, so apologize for that. But we'll jump straight in. This is Process yes people welcome back to process today we're joined by another guest from jersey where there is no lockdown whatsoever you living the life uh, mr simon johnson welcome to the
1: podcast mate honestly thank you very much for having me on mate yeah we're su- super lucky over here uh, no lockdown at the moment but who knows where it's gonna go um yeah at least we've still got the gym, but
0: I-, I feel for you mate i really do no nah, mate it's difficult time like i said I've, I've got my home set up so i'm quite lucky but man i need to get a flight over there we're talking about actually flying over to dubai a minute ago we just need to get out the country and go and live out, live the dream over there oh. oh it's it's weird weird times weird times anyway i want to just briefly well i'll let you intro yourself briefly a bit about yourself uh what you're doing currently and then we'll talk a bit about kind of how you got into fitness in general
1: yeah for sure 100 percent. so currently i'm a, an online coach my company is aesthetic strength I basically help people who are already in the gym might be getting back into it or already and just kind of stuck and on a bit of a plateau not sure where they want to go and they just want to kind of take that training and nutrition to the next level i think we've all been there and it's kind of everyone thinks their training is really good thinks their nutrition is really good but they just need that point in the right direction that accountability and that's what i kind of help with um the online business has just been growing and growing and growing over the last kind of 12 months but it has been a long journey kind of before that um so i'm sure we'll get plenty into that but honestly like fitness is just my my passion like sport with my passion turns into fitness turns into training and i i I swear if i if i cut myself i'd like bleed dumbbells or something because it's literally um, (laughs) yeah it's everything mate. helping people fitness training it's helped me through some tough times and um i just want to be able to kind of pass that on to everybody
0: yeah it is weird that you say that because i'm probably the same thing and a lot of people like look at people like us and think god how the hell can you be so obsessed and how can you spend so many hours in the gym this time? but you're just it's like an addict it's so addictive and i think it's it's so nice to see obviously being a pt on coach and coaching stuff as well it's nice to see when some of your clients get that same sort of buzz and that same sort of like addiction to the gym and they start picking up and they're like, oh, can I do this today? Can I do this today? And then you just pick it up so quickly. Um, like We'll talk about obviously how important the gym can be and how it, how it can change people's lives as well. And um, you can kind of share your story. So how did you start getting into personal training from right at the beginning?
1: so from a young age i'd literally played kind of literally every sport known to man my mum and dad shipped me around everywhere rugby football tennis athletics you named it i played it and uh obviously got to play on a pretty reasonable level both tennis and rugby that's when kind of the whole strength conditioning kind of front of everything comes in if you want to make it and get pretty good at something you've got to be fit you've got to be strong so i kind of got into that and i just grew from there really personally like i said this in the first episode of my podcast like i never really got on that well at school like i did okay but the reason i love the gym is if you go in kind of day in day out and you just take your boxes and do the work you see the progress every single week whereas at school you could work your arse off for a whole year and then right one test you pass and you failed i just it just didn't sit well with me i liked seeing that progression kind of each week each day going yes i've done that right let's move on um but kind of as i went through sport i ended up playing rugby pretty decent level some real bad injuries and things so i think we kind of Fairly similar kind of roots and got these injuries that started getting in the way of me PTing between my kind of first and second years at college. Um, I decided I was going to be a PT. Went away to the UK. Um, got my level three PT. Started up from literally a shed in my garden. Like the shed wasn't even big enough for me and my client to stand in. Which thinking about back about it is pretty crazy. I remember like it'd be like like now like November December it'd be pissing down outside and I'd have to be stood outside in a jacket freezing my bollocks. <laughs> and the clients be deadlifting and stuff so started all of that kind of for oh, about six years i six years ago now and then it just kind of kept growing kept growing kept growing i knew eventually i wanted to kind of get into the online spaces for me like as much as i love personal training i don't want to be that 55 year old guy 60 year old guy still stood on the gym floor counting reps Like as much as i love it and i will still always pt it just got to a point where i want to make this a kind of long-term career not just something that's going to be kind of the next five ten years and i thought that the online space was exactly how to do that and then i reached out to i did a photo shoot reached out to adam haley and then the online stuff has just been going just over a year now and it's just been completely blowing up and it's incredible just to have such a bigger reach like i've got clients from all around the world i've got a client in kuwait i've got a client in australia i've got a client in new zealand um it's just super cool to have that reach to be able to help such a wide range of people but yeah it's been a it's been a cool journey
0: yeah so you've been doing it quite a lot six years is quite a long time how old are you now as well uh
1: 23 so i started 17. Actually
0: still you've been doing you've been putting the hours in already which is good to see it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned about the the kind of you don't want to be that 55 year old in the gym floor which like i'm probably the same sort of thing somebody once said to me once um that like a pt they almost see it as like a footballer's career like you've probably got like up to like 30 35 maybe and in their head they want to be able to be out of it kind of by then whether it's online whether it's doing other things sort of so they're kind of building their business up to get to that point and i think the online obviously the last two three four years it's kind of picked up massively and i think as a PT, you've got to, you do have to look at that big picture. As much as I do love the same as you, the one-to-one side of it, and I'll probably always do little bits here and there. You've got to think long-term, and obviously when you've got family, kids and stuff like that, you don't want to be spending 10, 12 hours a day in the gym floor, not seeing not seeing the family and not having that flexibility. Uh, so it's something definitely definitely some PTs, if there's any out there listening, should look into. But you mentioned about your your injuries briefly there. What sort of injuries were you having when you were playing the rugby? I can imagine them being worse than mine because obviously I'm football. So I get, get little <laughs> injuries compared to you rugby lads.
1: So I tore my meniscus. So I've got my left knee, I got that meniscus completely removed, um, came back, tore my biceps. So I've only got like literally half my bicep on my left side. Then I've got torn labrums in both shoulders as well. So like, I'm lucky that like, I can get through everyday life. Like my lifting's not affected, but if I was to go back and play sport, like i used to play like pretty decent tennis but now i can't even hit a serve like my, my shoulders don't work over my head like they literally don't work yeah. um so yeah it's like i can i can get through everything now but it just got to a point where all of those injuries were getting in the way of me growing my business and it got to a point where i know I'm i wasn't going to make it pro Like i put my hands up in a minute like i know i wasn't good enough looking back at it now it was like right priorities have got to start go in other places and I've always had such a growth mindset I hate being like my biggest fear has been a fucking cog in a system going yep same shit same shit same shit does my head and like that's my biggest fear so I like growth and for me to kind of step back from rugby and go all in on the personal training grow my business growing the online business that was kind of my almost like motivation behind it I think
0: yeah did you find it tough stepping away from rugby? I'm guessing you would have played it like from a young young age was it tough
1: yeah big time like seriously like Oh, mate, there's so many times where I was like stood, to be fair, it's strange. I was actually okay not going to training. Um, like we trained a Tuesday, Thursday night. Like I was all right not going to that. It didn't really bother me. To be honest, it was quite nice after 10, 12 years of going on a, a Tuesday, Thursday night in the pissing rain and not having to go get soaking yeah. and finish at nine o'clock at home. Like it's late. But it was game day. The boys would be going away to fly over to the UK. I'd see stuff on Twitter. Boys would be messaging me like, a cast game. Or I'd go and watch it on a Saturday. I'd be stood in the sun. I'm like, ah. And, uh, I think that's the, I miss the competitive stuff. That's why I went into the powerlifting and stuff so I could still be competitive in something. I think I always will have to do something, but I've also think I kind of get a little bit of that from like the business side of stuff, which I quite like as well. Um, but yeah, for sure. Stepping back was difficult. Um, but I don't regret it at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's one of them things that you know you have to do. You have to, like you said, you have to think long term. And if you're not gonna, what's the point in doing something if you're not gonna excel at it to the highest level? And you, you you don't have that drive to achieve it. Um, where whereas you could go and do your personal training, which you've got that passion for, and you can like the kind of the heights that you can get to are unlimited in a sense. You can you're in control of everything. Um, but it is tough, mate. And like 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 what you said in terms of looking back at the thing that you missed was that game day, that that buzz and stuff like that. If you think of it in the big picture. It's probably a lot of people probably do think of that. Like when people watch footballers and rugby players and athletes and stuff, said, "Oh God, it must be so great and stuff like that." But it's them hours and hours, their nitty gritty nights and freezing cold, pouring rain, diving around and stuff that they don't look at, and you probably don't remember them as well as the good moments. Which is probably if you probably went back into it now, never mind your injuries and stuff like that, and you weren't you probably you probably find that you wouldn't enjoy it after a certain amount of time. It might be that initial sort of phase where you get the buzz back a little bit, but then after maybe three, four, five months, it'll probably just go back to normal. Like, you know what? I should go and stick to what I love doing and keep going. I've done the same thing, mate. I've done the exact same thing. In terms of coming out of football, it's very, very tough. And when you've done something all your life and it's very mentally challenging and you do miss it. It Occasionally, if you watch it on TV, you're like, oh, I do miss it. But then you think big picture, maybe it's not, maybe it's not worth it. But obviously, I listened to our podcast. I listened to it this morning actually before because you've got a decent little podcast. You've got two episodes out now, right?
1: Yeah,
0: two I think I to Yeah. Yeah, I listened to the first one, just talking about yourself, and you you, you said you're a bit of a perfectionist for things, which I'm yeah, probably 100%. the same. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Where do you think it that think, stems think. from, or are you just always been like that?
1: Oh, I, I think... One, it comes from a lot of sport because I was always drilled to, if I'm going to do something, do it fucking properly. Like when you train, you train to hundred percent, you train to play. I think that's drilled into, if you want to play high level sport. But I think my parents as well, like my parents are like, I think they're fairly successful. My granddad's very successful. And I just think I've always like wanted to chase that a little bit. Um, it's always just been nice. Like, it's, it's a hard thing to put your finger on. It's just been something I've just, it's just ingrained into me from a young age. And I think those are the two main influences, but I think I do put a lot of pressure on myself to, succeed like that's a whole different conversation like what is success but um, I put a lot of my pressure on myself to be the best version of me and one help people but also I'm a big believer in you do whatever you want to if you really put your mind to it like we're all capable of so much more than you actually think you are um, like look at yourself you play professional football you come out you're now ex- excelling in different areas like five years ago ten years ago you probably no way you would have thought that you'd be excelling in a different area like who knows what you can do unless you put your head down and go and get after it so I think it's a a little bit like that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think people do kind of underestimate themselves, especially when maybe like for example, the typical thing when you're in like a nine to five job, like they don't you don't think of, like oh this is like my life, and you don't think like oh I could go and do this, but it's a big risk. At the same time, the, the risk kind of like the reason why people don't go out of them jobs or maybe doing something because they've always done it, they don't do it sooner enough because there's that risk element. And I think, like you said. Go and do something especially if you've got any sort of passion or anything and drive for it you'll make it work at the end of the day like stepping out of something and moving on to better things you'll make it work and it's probably a blessing being a perfectionist because like it's it shows that you're obsessed and it shows that you actually care about something like if, if you're in a job that you hate you're not going to be that bothered about it you're just going to kind of be getting through the day um because. in a sense so yeah 100 so just if you're anybody that just has that something where they're, they're constantly thinking about it, just go and go and do it. So starting out as a PT, I think a lot of people do chase perfection, but you've kind of just got to get, go go into it. How did you just kind of start building your PT business? Were you very perfection, like wanted everything right to start with, or did you just go for it out of the blue?
1: So I was lucky because I did EIF, so European Institute of Fitness, and in the, the whole course there, there was a business module on it as well. So my whole plan originally was just to go go work in a fitness first, go work in a pure gym if you're in the UK, something like that. Do your standard, go pay your rent, blah, 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 blah. And one of the guys there, Darren, the kind of the head guy who's teaching everything said to me, why would you do that when you start your own business? I was like, what? I was like, oh, I'm this, this 17-year-old kid. I was the youngest person on the course by poof, seven, eight, nine years. I was like, I can't start a business. I'm literally 17 years old. Lucky they had had a, like a shed in my parents' garden that I, they let me use. In Jersey, it's a very small place, so I literally put something out on Facebook, message a load of mates. I had 10 clients within a month, okay? Which is incredible, but it's, I was very lucky because here it's so close and everyone talks, and if you do a good job, I always say if you look after your clients, your clients will look after you. But it's even more so in Jersey because everything is so small, and um, word of mouth spreads like wildfire. I just did a really good job with my clients. I didn't really um for the first four years, four and a half years, do any social media, any email, no marketing at all. It was just do a very, very, very good job with my clients. Um, but yeah, I didn't really chase perfection to be honest. It just I'm lucky, it just kind of happened. I just looked after my clients. Now then if I move from when I went from pting to online coaching, there's probably a two-year period where i did chase perfection i just procrastinated on everything okay and this is probably one of the biggest regrets of my life is i spent 18 months going right i'm going to start a members area i'm going to start online coaching oh no i'm going to do this i'm going to start youtube I'm going to do this i'm going to do this and do this and guess what i didn't do any of it right. yeah. i think it's uh, everyone does it and this is one of the things that adam got me doing it's like right i don't give a shit what you do just start now Okay. And I did that and it's just all blossomed from there. I'm like, yes, you chase perfection, but chase perfection once you've got going because then you can build momentum into perfection, but trying to go, no one, no one gets perfection from the off go. You can't step into a brand new job and expect to be perfect at it. It's just not realistic. You can't step into the gym and never have squatted and expect to be perfect at squatting. It's a progression step-by-step step, you build and you chase that and you get to that perfection. So yeah, I think it's a make, it's just, it's progression, like <laughs> I love the word progression. Yeah, my clients, big time. Yeah, yeah, I like, but I, like, I trust the
0: process. Cause that's why I've called the podcast process. But it is that's all it is, mate. I was hoping you were gonna just get it in that like, process at least once. <laughs> yeah, never, 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 yeah. but yeah, like literally what you said there. I was the same sort of thing in terms of starting. Like even my social media, like so my. I, I've only been doing personal training, kind of like full time for about a year now. But I remember I set up my my fitness Instagram about a year before me. It took me about it probably took me about a year to actually go and actually get it. done first, it was like setting the account up. There was no post or nothing on it for a good few months. And then I was just like, just go for it. Same with my YouTube. Same with the podcast. Like it was always in my head. Like I'm gonna, like, am I gonna do it? Like when am I gonna do it? And then I just one day I went for it. And then even looking back at my old videos on my first podcast, it was probably only like what six months ago. They were rubbish. Like looking at the quality <laughs> of it and the editing stuff. I'm saying so, I look so stiff yeah. on camera. I'm like. Going red i'm so awkward but you just get better at it like there's and like the same thing with like like you mentioned you can't go underneath like a 120 whatever it is kilogram squat and do it if it's the first day in the gym like it's a progression and i think that's why the gym's such a good thing if you've got that kind of that personality where you, you you'll get addicted to something it'll just progress progress and progress and when you put the work in things actually do get better and like you mentioned way back when you mentioned about going to school and doing exams and stuff like that, everything relies on that one day in terms of like you study for years and years and years. And if you mess up on that one day, that's it. Like them years don't count. But in terms of the gym, in terms of this sort of industry, it's the work that you put in that kind of leads to leads to that progression and leads to leads to success, which is which is why I love it. I love it in general. And it's funny you meant you started 17 personal training, which is young. So if yeah. you think if you procrastinated an extra three years that you didn't start till you're 20, like you're three years behind. And look at the stage you're at now, 23, really successful. You've had them like years, like four or five years, doing one-to-one stuff, building up that client base. Like, I wish I started 17, honestly, because I had a passion for fitness then. I wish I got qualified then. And if it's me saying that, and I'm looking at you now saying, God, I'm the same age. I'm 23 as well. So I'm the same age as you. And I'm like, if I start a little bit soon, I could maybe be there. But at the best time to start now, that's that's what they say, really. (laughs)
1: yesterday, it comes back to what you were saying about uh, doing something you enjoy like in my eyes what i say to i said this to my garden the other day is was like you sleep for a third of your life you work for a herd of a life and you do other stuff for a third of your life like do something you enjoy like come on especially when you're young like you don't have that many necessary like kind of stuff that you have to get done like give it a shot like i'll be open i've been offered jobs from quite a lot of like different gyms and pt companies whatever and i'm like in the nicest possible way no i'm gonna go and give this a shot and give it my everything if it doesn't work i'm 23 man i can go and do something else and like realistically you haven't got that much if it goes wrong it goes wrong but it's going to be that you're going to regret it if you'll come to 40 you've got kids running around and you're going why the hell didn't i try (laughs) why the hell didn't i try it like is things you don't do that you do big time. It sounds super cliche, but it's so true, isn't it? No, 100% as well. When you're young, you kind of have
0: less less overheads like in terms of you don't have like rent to pay for, um, mortgages, don't have kids and stuff. If you're living at home and your parents you might have a little bit of board to pay for, but at the end of the day, if you really need to, you can go work a few hours at a at somewhere else just to kind of make the money. Go and try different things. It doesn't have to be like, okay, we're talking about fitness and personal training. whatever. It could be whatever you're passionate about. Like I've said it before, I've said it. I always bring it up, but like, if you love painting, just go and rock out a load of paintings and try and sell them. Like, know what, I don't know what painters do, but just do whatever you need to do, and try different <laughs> things out. And if it if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. At the end of the day, try something else. And but like I said, if you're trying to trying to do things later in life, there's more. There's even more risk to it. Like I said, you've got mortgages, you've got bills to pay, you might have kids, you might have a full family to feed there's a lot more risk then and I, I can kind of understand when people do leave it that far that they play it safe. But if you do it when you're younger, then you've kind of got no regrets and you can even look back and say, like, I try my best doing this, that and the other. And then, but most of the time, good things will probably happen to you. No point, no harm, harm in trying anyway. Yeah, so, I've loved obviously, yeah. Listening to your podcast again, you're big into productivity and routine. Do you have a set routine? I don't know daily routine. Talk us through what you kind of do in a in a normal day to stay productive.
1: So yeah, I'm massive on productivity, especially as um, I got busier. Like you get busier, and everyone thinks that if you're super regimented, that you become like you have no more time. But you soon learn the more regimented you are, the more time you actually have. So my routine it does change a little bit day to day just because of clients and when i've got clients here that and the other but my biggest thing is making sure that i get up and i just set my day up with a win like i'm massive on steps with my clients that's why my podcast is called listen whilst you step that's why every single morning you see on my instagram story step step steps with a boomerang um so i get out and i just get a win because if you like so many people they get up they snooze their alarm three times that's a lose that's tired, that's a lose. They drag themselves into the car, that's a lose. They sit in traffic and moan that this person's driving like a twat, lose. They're late to work so their boss has a go at them, lose. Like, you're just setting your day up to fail, man. Like, get up, get the first win and then go. Also, like, so many people just aren't very active. Like, we know how important neat and how important steps are. Like, if you can get 40, 50% of those done before you've even started your day, if you don't hardly get any for the rest of the day, you'll probably actually get into where you probably should be realistically. So I just think that's me. That's me now. It's so, so good for my head space. Like as you get busier, like I'm sure, you know, worst thing you can do is like potentially like maybe get up, look at your phone and a client said, look, I need to cancel. And you're like, Oh no. Because yeah. if you just get up and get on, it sets you up really, really well. Um, but looking at productivity, one of the best books that I ever read is something called the one thing. Have you ever heard of it? I might
0: have heard of it,
1: but I haven't definitely haven't read it. here yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, mate, read it. Changed my life, and I use it with all my clients. And it all talks about the kind of reasoning question. And the reasoning question is: What's the one thing that you can do right now that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? Okay, so it basically just helps you cut past all the bullshit. All right, so you could use this in like your business. What's the one thing that you could do right now that makes your business better, that makes everything else easier or unnecessary. You could use it in your fitness. Mm-hmm. Hello? The
0: signal going slightly. Oh, we're still um, on, we're
1: still on Mate, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, yeah, just checking. Yeah, so that one, using the one thing, and I, I use that at the end of kind of every day. I look at what am I gonna do the next day, and I'll write a list, and I'm like, what's the one thing I can do that kind of makes everything else on this list easier or unnecessary? I look at it, I plan it, bang, I put that, and actually schedule it into my next day. I literally use my calendar to rule my life. Like I will actually time block. Like if I'm recording a podcast, it's like, like this podcast is going to take this much time, right? I've got check-ins, it's going to take this much time. I've got lunch. It's probably going to take this much time because if you've got a job that you leave yourself 12 hours to do it, it will take you 12 hours. And realistically, if you put your head down, you could probably get it done in 90 minutes or two hours. So I think mm-hmm. time getting clear on what you need to do first and cutting past the bullshit and then time blocking it in is literally the the road to uh, productivity. Like you can get so much more than you think done. Yeah, I will probably need
0: to do more of that. To be fair, I think I, like in between things that like, you end up losing what you thought was. I'm very, I'm very. It's, I find it easy to kind of do one thing and then get side chat another thing. But then you're trying to go back to the other thing, you forget where you're at, sort of thing. Rather than doing one thing, getting that job done, and then obviously moving on to the next thing one by one. Um, another thing that you mentioned as well about making things as easy as possible for yourself like i think successful people do make make their life a set it out to make it as easy as possible for example not looking at your phone first thing in the morning so you're you're kind of getting like a negative negative kind of influences straight away like avoiding that straight away getting yourself out for a walk getting your mind right getting your kind of head focused into the day even things for like if you're trying to lose weight don't buy rubbish stuff in the in the house don't buy chocolate sweet stuff that you crave not having those things in the house are going to make it easy. And that's probably why a lot of successful people, or people in shape, kind of, they they look the way they are because they, they don't have those options there. So just setting yourself, your life up um, as easy and as productive and simple as possible and be con- consistent with. It. That's a big thing that I I believe in, consistency, yeah. doing it's the a- same things every single day, getting into getting into the routine of it will make your life so much easier. It'll be all right in terms of signal. I can say it keeps on
1: jumping off super jumpy what I might I don't know if it's mine or what I can try and do Right, right we're back on technical difficulties
0: hopefully over anyway so we just mentioned about consistency in terms of routine Wait, mate, I, don't I that, are, we, are we on <laughs> I think we're on it says recording on my half okay just We'll hope for that
1: oh, it, says, if it says it's recording on yours I'm sure it is I just wanted yeah. to make sure <laughs> we'll
0: just keep it going we'll
1: just keep <laughs> it going and
0: hope hope pray, pray at the end of the podcast that it's working anyway yeah so we're meant we're just talking briefly about um consistency consistency and routine and stuff like that I noticed that you've been doing the uh the cold showers I started mine lockdown like probably like halfway through lockdown how you how you been finding the cold showers in the morning
1: I I actually don't mind it. I'm yeah. I, I like sea swimming and stuff. Like I do a fair bit, not not regularly, but I jump, love going in the sea and things. So, um, yeah, it's different. Like to be honest, I, it sounds really weird, but I don't actually shower that often in the morning because I'm so up because yeah. like, I'm up so early. Um, I don't want to wake my missus up in the bed or anything, so I end up having a shower the night before, getting on my day, and then showering like after gym or something like that. But so it's probably not quite yeah. as bad, but. Yeah, they're cool. I've read the Wim Hof book and it's definitely a very interesting concept. I think some of it's a bit in my, my perspective is a bit la-di-da, but um, in my eyes, if, if even 20% of the kind of benefits that you've said from it are anything to do with truth, um, yeah, it's definitely worth it. I think it's also just a little bit of a challenge for people, why not? I'm running a 60-day challenge just kind of leading up to Christmas for people to do it. And um, a lot of people are like super skeptical to start with, but a lot of people love it, man. Like really, really do it, how about yeah. you?
0: I love it, mate. I I don't think I could get up and not do it now. It's weird because it just, even the mornings where you're up early, you've had like four or five hours sleep, they slept horrendous. It just wakes you up and gives you that light rush, especially if you like stay in it for like a good two, three minutes. I don't know how it looks. I've never read the book. How long does he recommend staying in the shower for? Does, so, does he recommend you- a certain
1: time or? Yeah, he just starts out with, like, you should just do a cold blast at the end of your shower, and then it just, like, gets progressive, but if, if you're a badass, you could just j- jump in there straight out. Yeah, I just went straight in there. I literally, I set my stools, told my mate about this, thing. I get the shower head,
0: literally sit underneath it, set it to freezing cold, and go, I literally say, fuck, and turn it on. Like, in my head. Obviously, I don't shower it out every single morning, but in my head, and just turn it on and just get my head under, and then, like, after about 10 seconds, I get brain freeze, and then just move out of the way. But,
1: yeah. but like yeah, I try cool. and stay in for at least a minute. Yeah. It's he says. He says if you can get up to like two or three. That's like the gold standard kind of thing. That guy's crazy. Yeah. Like jumping in the ice, the ice water and everything like that. <laughs>
0: quite
1: cool yeah, do. I, don't, I, I quite like
0: it. Like the benefit, like I had a cold shower like half through my day because I was feeling a little bit tired. Uh, I was up <laughs> early and had like a few bits on. But mate, it just so even like during the day, if I'm like if I'm from slack and like if I I do it if I have a long day of PT, say I I'll have time to quickly train after I train I have a quick cold shower, and it just gives you that boost, just wakes you up when you're feeling a little bit lethargic. So anybody who hate, isn't a morning person, it needs to be productive and get up slightly earlier. Maybe fit a gym session in, maybe fit like I don't know, that's something a conference call or whatever it is. Get up and trust me, just try it and it'll be horrendous to start with. But I went straight into the deep end. I just went straight in and just got used to it but you do get used to it after about a week or two it just becomes routine and habit and now i know if i don't have it my morning's just not the same however with these cold mornings you, like i was saying i'm up in newcastle it's absolutely baltic <laughs> every morning we just well our heating was broke for two weeks as well before we just got a fix so it's not as bad now because at least i'm getting out when it's warm but beforehand it was it was brutal mate. it was brutal gotcha. but is there anything else is there anything else you do in terms of routine um setting out your day? to meet yourself more obviously you mentioned about your, your setting your kind of time periods and stuff what about in terms of training if you've got a busy day how do you ch- maybe change your training up or maybe adapt your training in any sort of way to, to fit it in
1: yeah so I, I time block my gym sessions in exactly the same like I literally put them on my calendar like you wouldn't miss a doctor's appointment so don't miss a gym session um, that way and then the beauty of being self employed is that I can kind of work things around it. Um, but one thing that I do is I know throughout the week my productivity does drop. So I just, I front load all my work. Monday, Tuesday, I do like six, 16 hour days. And I'm happy to do that because that means kind of Thursday, Friday, I can probably do kind of half, three quarter days because I know I'm not going to be as productive there. My work quality isn't going to be as good. So I do all the work that I have done for the week is done by Wednesday afternoon. Okay, then that gives me time, if you're looking more like a business point of view, that gives me time to stop working in my business and start working on my business, on those others. Um, And if I was to look back at some of the biggest mistakes that I've made in terms of business, in terms of kind of trying to grow um, aesthetic strength, it was spending too much time in it and not working on it. Um, And I think way too many people get caught in their businesses rather than working on them.
0: Yeah, I like that one. I like how you say that you you know yourself that you're not as productive like later in the week. And I think a lot of people that can probably learn from that. And like it's mentioning again, setting things up so they're as easy as possible for you to kind of be productive. If you know you're gonna you're gonna smash your workout like really well first thing in the morning, or if you know that after like a nine hour shift or whatever it is at work, you're not gonna really want to go to the gym. Get up early and go to the gym, do it then, because you know you're gonna get the best session out of the way then, and you're also gonna feel like you you want to do it more then. So again. Just learning from like examples of yourself, just just set your day up and be as productive as possible. Yeah. Like make it make it easy for you, make your life easy for you. That's how
1: to maintain
0: yeah. success as well, I think.
1: For sure. I literally say it with all my clients is like I want to set you up for success. If you can't see yourself doing this in five years, let's change something, let's find what works for you. It might not be dreaming in the evening, it might be dreaming in the morning. But what works for you isn't gonna work for the next person. It sounds super cliche again. But everyone's different. Everyone like you've got people who like to wake up early like, like sure they're probably going to find it easier to get shit done in the morning you get people who like to stay up later at night it's finding what works for you constantly evaluating and assessing is this working what changes can i make to make this easier because if it's easy you enjoy it if you enjoy it you stick to it if you stick to it you get results you're productive you win
0: exactly mate. <laughs> Yeah, simple mate, just to simplify it easy. But yeah, like what you said, you can like even put that into someone who doesn't really enjoy training or they maybe enjoy certain exercises, just throw them in. Just do them exercises that you enjoy and kind of when you start to see a little bit of results doing this, then as a coach you can maybe say, right, we'll try this as well. We'll keep those exercises in that you enjoy, but we'll try this as well. And then they'll start the to buy into other things as well if they're seeing if they're seeing people are seeing results, especially if a PT PT's kind of giving them the results in a sense. Then they're going to buy into anything else that you say, and that's another another way for PTs in terms of how to maintain the clients. Because once you get the clients, that's what you want. You want them, them clients that are going to stay with you long term, not just ones that kind of dabble it in and out sort of thing. Um. So yeah, yeah get the yeah. clients buying and, and know that you're listening to them as well. If they're saying, "I like doing this," and you're giving them something completely different, going be like, "Hang on a minute, I want." There's another PT over there who's going to let me do bench press or whatever it is, rather than doing dumbbells or something like that. Um, I think, so. Having um, that buy-in.
1: Yeah, I think buy in is literally the most important thing. Like, if you go into something going, this is gonna work, it probably won't. If you go into like open minded, like, oh, yeah, really positive behind this, it probably will. In the first four weeks of coaching, you need to get your clients some form of wins, results, because then that gets them to buy into, trust you, and then they, they'll they go after it and they'll, they'll do really well moving forward. If in the first four weeks someone comes to you, you, go, oh, their goal is weight loss, like, I haven't lost any weight and it's been four weeks, but yeah, I've been doing everything you told me you're losing them so it's about getting that buy in i honestly think buy-in is everything yeah
0: it is that it is frustrating obviously from a coach because you know yourself that it's it's long term it's the big picture you've got to think of not just like not these eight week fat loss and then obviously after the eight weeks you put all the weight back on so you balloon back on you want that long-term consistency but then, you do, like you said, you need the, you need the client to, to visually see or they have numbers down on paper, like in terms of the body weight, in terms of lift and stuff, that they are actually are progressing and what they're doing is working. So there is a tough kind of challenge. Yes, some clients will listen to you in terms of saying, like, look, this isn't going to be a four-week thing that's going to change your life. It's going to be a, a longer process, six months, one year, ten years you do get the clients that do listen to you, but majority of the time it takes time, especially if it's someone who's maybe a little bit new to fitness or if they've tried different diets in the past and they haven't worked, they've kind of got that like that kind of backbone in them and saying like, Oh, this isn't worth them. They need to see the results straight away. So it is tough. It is a tough kind of balance. Um, yeah, I think in terms of that.
1: So I think it's just making sure that you set expectations in that though. Like, yeah, you want to get results, but whilst they're getting the results, be like, yeah, look, this is the honeymoon phase. You're going to see results here, but I always say that first phase is kind of let's learn, let's learn the habits you need for sustainability. Okay, so yeah, that's great, you're smashing it, but just keep very, very clear with your clients and just set expectations from early. You don't want to say, yeah, this is going to carry on forever because again, it comes, like you said, we ain't, well, I'm personally, you're not, we're not selling quick eight-way fixes because it's yeah. not, I don't believe in it. So it's about getting clear, getting results, getting buy-in but setting people up for success and being very, very clear and setting expectations because if you don't and you'll get people are getting these incredible results in the first four weeks and they don't carry on, then that's when clients leave you and clients get pissed off or clients get, go back to square one because oh stuff. It was the point. I'm not seeing the results that I should be.
0: Mm-hmm. You want to have an effect on their life as well. You don't just want to give them this eight week transformation and then they're not hearing anything. Or like you have an effect of their life enough that they're going to take something, not going to learn anything from you. You want to be able to kind of Years down the line, they remember, oh, like, I remember what Simon told me back then. Like, this is like one thing he's implementing. And then, again, it's also that'll help you in terms of picking up other clients because they'll tell the friends this story about Simon the PT back in the day. Even if it was someone that you haven't heard of for like a number of years, whether they've moved away or whatever, like that's always going to be in the back of their mind. Like, oh, like he helped me do this and he taught me this about my routine and stuff like that. And they're taking that for life. So I think having that long-lasting impact on someone is probably the reason... But one of the main reasons why i love the job that i do at the minute is is because of the, the impact you can have on
1: their life 100 percent. It's, it's not just in the gym like there's so many different things and i know obviously you listen to the first cast like podcast i've helped some people do such a range of different things and it is super super rewarding like not everybody wants to come in and just get absolutely like dick skin thin shredded like yeah. um <laughs> you, like, one of my clients like, like lynn she's uh, when i first qualified i did like a competition like share to win a couple of free pt sessions she came in um and spoke to her she came in and where i used to pt I had to go up a few stairs to kind of get in there her back was that bad that she couldn't even get up these stairs okay she was uh, a slightly older lady um but i had to help I had to help her get up the stairs and then after kind of a few months of training she was kind of deadlifting 50 kilos she was doing burpees she can now put her own socks on without her husband having to help her yeah like I'm sorry, but that's more rewarding than anything in my life because you have literally impacted someone's life so positively. Her quality of life has gone through the roof. She can now pick her grandkids up. She can go and run around with them. Like, if if that doesn't give you like that warm fuzzy feeling, I don't know what does.
0: <laughs> yeah, mate, they're the best one. You'd be surprised. Like, I remember when I like first went to the PT. You know, everyone always thinks it's like, right, I want to train athletes, I want to train people to get massive, I want to train people to get shredded. But you like. You kind of, I remember, I always tell a story about one client that came in and he wanted to come see me two, three days a week. And he was big bloke, probably 60s, 70s. You probably won't mind me saying Colin. Shout out to Colin, but I'm still doing stuff for him, like Zoom stuff at the minute. Um, He literally just, like, he's never exercised in his life. I'm talking probably since he left school, he played a bit of rugby. I think he never done anything from the age of like 16 to 70 odd, whatever he is now. He never done anything. He literally just wanted to be able to move around, better get upstairs sort of thing. You want to be able to get off the floor without like having a hand. So working on little things, just like him, like like simple things, like step ups, everything. The simple things like getting up off the floor, progressing that and he's noticed like now, like you mentioned about Lynn, like being able to like put her socks on, tie her shoelaces, get upstairs without a hand. They're the really rewarding things where you're actually impacting someone's life rather than just like, yeah, it's all cool and stuff, having muscles and being shredded. But like, that's just for your ego in a sense you're actually impacting someone's life and their, their well-being and also like their family as well. They're seeing that they're living a healthy, happy life. You're impacting all that as well. So there's a lot more to just lifting weights and, and getting shred and stuff like that, especially being a PT. So that's one of the reasons. I, think that's, I love it. Like I've always said.
1: hundred percent, mate. You can see like the, the passion just like oozes out from you, mate. and I love it. Um, but I think it's interesting what you said, how, how it affects um, their families as well. And I love it because... I, people and they go take the, their kids see them eating well being active and I'm like that's having a positive influence on them and that's going to carry down and down and down and down it's just these classes are like an epidemic now um and what does that come from most of the time it comes from parents not being educated on stuff and passing it down to their children if we can kind of nip that in the bud over that you you really can't do that and it's it's our job as I hate the word like fitness professionals if you know what I mean like to educate people and give people the tools so they can teach their kids and their kids can teach their kids and things like that you just stop looking at your job as just like yeah I take I get people to do three sets of 10 squats and I unload their weights for them like go and give people an education you know like a lot of people get like imposter syndrome this is a whole other thing like oh I'm not I'm not clever enough to be a PT I don't know enough like you know more than your client it's simple like you really really do or you wouldn't be training them okay pass your knowledge on like teach them speak to them have conversations with your clients because that's only going to filter down and help people kind of long term
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah you, you, i underestimate like the knowledge that people have and it's some of the things that people actually think about fat loss muscle gain and stuff like that like the, the, the people think if i'm going to take creatine i'm going to get massive like <laughs> they think you're just going to blow it's like an alabolic star and stuff but like no it's not it'll help a little bit it's, They're not going to do this like if you, eat, if you eat carbs and stuff like that you're going to you're going to get fat, fat to or bad or something like you think because you've been in the industry and you've because you've got that knowledge and you've been doing it for years and years and years that you think that everybody knows that in a sense. You can kind of get into that little bubble because you're obviously speaking to like-minded individuals, spending your time with PTs. You all have the same knowledge. So you're probably thinking that's the norm to have, like to know this sort of stuff. And when one of your clients says like, oh, but like, if I start lifting weights, I'm going to get too big and I'm not going to be able to move. Like, no, it, you, you're going to feel better. There's going to be this benefit, this benefit, blah, 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 You're not going to feel like this if you keep doing this and this will happen. So yeah, education's a big part of our job, which I think people, like, first of all underestimate and like forget about in a sense.
1: Yeah, I would say... um, one if you don't be an educator don't be a dictator that's how you get sustainable results if you're a dictator sure someone can get results in the short term. but as soon as they go and do something on their own they won't be able to do it if you educate someone empower someone give them the tools that they need to go and make a sustainable change when you're not there they know what to do and to me that's what real sustainable results mean it's if i train a client and they come back to me in two years time say simon about to square one i would see it as a complete failure even if they had got in the shape of their life okay Mm-hmm. Empower people, educate people, set people up for long-term success. We we, we said this so many times, even through this podcast. Set people up for success. Set yourself up for success. Set your clients up for success, and everybody wins.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It is it's the big it is the big picture in the, the day, and it is it's changing someone's life. Like we've mentioned probably a million times already, changes someone's life for the long term. Um doing the best you can and everything you can for the client is is the main thing. Not just getting in that eight week eight week transmission. Um, I think we you briefly mentioned in in your podcast about your your period where you were you kind of put on a lot of weight, and then you ended up doing a sort of a transition. Do you want to talk a little bit about that sort of period of your life and kind of how it got to that point, and then what made you kind of at the switch and get in shape?
1: Yeah, so for sure, I I think I think it's actually quite looking back at it, it's quite beneficial, but it was also uh, a tough time. I didn't really speak that openly about it. It was more so playing lots of rugby getting really really into my gym and really just focusing on lifting heavy like heavy and i just remember like going on the seafood diet getting in that poor relationship i thought adding weight on the scales meant i was getting stronger which to a certain degree it did but not in a good way um like i was sitting at just over 100 kilos and i'm literally like five foot nine five foot ten like that's that's heavy yeah (laughs) like i wasn't Yeah, Um, lots of people lots of people say I wouldn't be like fat or anything like that, but I definitely was the most uncomfortable within myself that I've ever been. Okay. And um I'll I'll open it, it's the first time ever in my life that I was felt uncomfortable, even like taking my top off in front of my girlfriend or something like that. Like my love handles, I'd be like, nah, I can't take my top off. I just confidence was rock bottom and at this time also like my pt was blowing up i was doing close to 100 pt sessions a week which is bonkers um and i felt like i felt like a fraud i literally felt like a fraud i was like there's people paying me very very, very good money to train them and give them all this advice and i can't even fucking do it myself okay and it sounds silly but then it was literally around then i actually went that's when i did my shoulder and my bicep and i was like sight, you need to sort your shit out like this is getting beyond the And it was one of the someone said to me it was that that was the whole kind of time that the like control the controllable was the new big phrase and it did really hit home for me and i focused on what could i control and it was my nutrition i couldn't train i couldn't hold a bar i couldn't deadlift. only thing i do i literally did safety bar squats and safety bar good mornings for like six months straight <laughs> blew my deadlift and my spot up but that's literally all i could do strong but, erectors yeah ridiculous erectors and having to <laughs> um yeah and then i literally cut from 102 kilos and i hit 82 so i lost 20 20 kegs which is obviously a, a big amount of weight but i did it the right way i took my own advice um and looking back at it i think it's one of the best things that happened to me because it gave me an insight to how a lot of my clients felt Okay. And I think it's very hard. Everyone says they understand it and things like that, but unless you've actually been in that position. And I'm not saying that my body composition and what their body composition is exactly the same. I'm just saying I think that my thought process and my, my mental side and my emotions were somewhat similar to how a lot of people felt. Okay. Because a lot of people looked at me and said, Oh, you're still in decent shape. But personally, I felt really out of shape. And like I said, I felt like a fraud. So I think it was great for me. Um, but that whole transformation is where kind of everything started to blossom with the online as well. Um, someone convinced me to book a photo shoot That and was like, oh, you've done incredible, like you should book a photo shoot. And I was like, ah, f- fuck off. You're like, it's such a posy thing to do. No one ever really does any over here. And they convinced me it was a guy called Ben Mark, um, super cool guy, guys, a photographer in London, um, like insanely skillful at his job. And he came over to the photo, did a photo shoot, um, spoke to him, said, I wanted to start up all the online stuff as well. And then he introduced me to Adam and then it's all kind of gone from there. So it, everything started with me deciding uh we're still on? we're still rolling we? yeah sorry um yeah everything on, <laughs> everything kind of blossomed from there and um yeah it was it was it was a it all started from that transformation in deciding that enough was enough um and i'm going to do this right away and take my own advice
0: which mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it is good though that like you kind of had that period where yes you've been coaching people for years and years telling them to do this that, and the other, but then you were starting to neglect what you the advice that you were giving people and then they kind of flip that switch and you've said like, right, I need to actually get myself in the shape and you put your own vice together and now you can actually visually see what you're, what you're telling your clients stuff does work and it's nice that, like you said, going into their mindset and when you're, you're mentally not confident with yourself, it is hard to get out of that that kind of bubble, that kind of that shell that you're in and when you get yourself out of that as well and learn what it actually feels like, you can pass that on because you can kind of relate to your clients in that aspect that the yes, I've been down, I've been depressed is obviously a deep word to use but like in that sort of mind frame and i've got out of it and this is how i kind of done it you can kind of um empathize with them i've said empathize that is a word isn't it It just came up my mind. it doesn't even sound like a word you empathy are. anyway you have <laughs> empathy that's something like that anyway but yeah you can get kind of empathized with them um in a sense that like you've been through a similar thing and you've got to this point and like you you mentioned there kind of you went from strength to strength one thing happened to another and you get like that snowball effect when good things start to happen and the more things that you more things that you do well it just keeps on going there's more opportunities that come and the thing about the forward shoot as well it's a probably a great thing i probably should probably do it for myself a little bit more as well just to give you so that cool. end goal yeah i think for anybody who you, like even just like if you get a client anybody who wants to get in shape and it's easy enough just saying, right, I want to get in shape. But if you have that end goal, that end kind of whatever, 16, 20, week, even like a year down the line, let's say right next year, I'm going to book a photo shoot and I need to be in shape for that one. It gives you that end goal. And I think if you come from a sporting background and you have that competitive edge already in you and maybe you've stopped playing sport because of injury, because you weren't good enough in a sense, or you've just fell out of love with it, you probably lose that competitiveness and you need something to kind of re- like, stimulate that again. And then doing something like that, whether it be a photo shoot, whether it be a race, whether it be a marathon, whatever it is, having that end goal is always is always kind of great because in life, it's there's, it's nice having that end goal rather than just doing stuff for the sake of it, which I think a lot of yeah. people get into that kind of, that's where they get into the kind of, the hamster wheel of life where they don't have that that end, that vision. And then once you get that one, that next goal, right, what's the next thing kind of, you do get that kind of buzz from it. Um, so um, maybe I'm going to have to get a photo shoot
1: what do you going to say, sorry? It's like, mate, honestly, do it. Like, it's, I was super skeptical about it. And I did one, and it was absolutely incredible. And I did one with my a lot of my clients uh, a few months back in summer. I had about uh, eight clients who mm-hmm. got like, in, literally in the shape of them, uh, their lives. So I've got a guy who, Christian, we call him Shredded Santa. He's like, like, like uh, late 50s, he's got this massive beard. And, oh, mate, he got absolutely shredded, like, vascular to the max i like, honestly it was crazy all, all my clients and anyone who follows me is just known as shredded santa it's hilarious but honestly watching people's faces when you know what it's like the, the mirror and the scales play tricks on us especially in the fat loss phase you start going oh i don't look that lean oh blah 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 blah. the scales aren't moving progress photos even progress photos because they're not taking well good good camera or anything like that you can go oh, i don't even look that good honestly watching people's faces when the photographer took those photos and went, look at this, that was one of the most like high, like pivotal like highlights of my life so far, because like some of the guys who had done that, they'd been training with me for six months, eight months, nine months, working their ass. off. I constantly tell my, you're absolutely killing it. They're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And that pivotal moment to them. I've achieved this. It was incredible, absolutely incredible. So, mate, honestly, do it, please, no, book one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to do it now. you said set your stitches right up on the podcast. <laughs> it's public now. Uh,
1: it's public, it's out there. But now,
0: mate, I, what you mentioned about there in terms of actually looking at yourself, like getting a product of what you've done, it, does, it brings the best side of you kind of out. And I think on social media, in terms of people getting, like you're talking about mental health and stuff like that, people looking at people on social media and think, I'm never going to look like that. They're always looking like that. Like, not everyone's, like, if I took my top off now, I'm probably not going to look as good as I do look on my Instagram. Like, I'm going to have a bit of a raw, here on my belly. Just, my posture's forward. It's not going to be the, the best thing. Like, nobody looks like that. Like, it, it takes a little bit of light and maybe even a pump on sort of thing. All these pictures that you see most of the time are in the best sort of circumstances and people will be surprised if they put a little bit of work in. Um, and And then again, like, Get the kind of professionals to do their thing. How how well they can look, and like I said, that's the big motivation when you're looking at yourself and thinking, "That's me. Like, I can't believe that's me. I'm looking like that. Like that's the motivation yourself. I think right. I'm gonna kick on here and keep on going." And um, so I like that idea in terms of for clients to do as well. Like I said, it doesn't have to be photo shoots. It could be a race. It could be I don't know, a, a yeah. goal to be able to I don't know, be able to go and play outside with your kids or something like that. If you're if you're in kind of chronic pain or whatever it is, could be anything. Um, but I like so- that. So this brings us quite – yeah, I like that. So brings us nice down to the last little thing I want to talk about was in terms of mental health. What do you think the gym and fitness has done for your mental health in general? Obviously, the minute we're in a lockdown, I think it's a big topic that probably needs to be spoke about in terms of the gyms being shut and stuff. So what's it done for you?
1: For me it's it's just something that's always there like people will come and go like hopefully they don't and hopefully you've got an awesome kind of inner circle and tight-knit people around you but the gym and not necessarily just just fitness in general like it's always there for you no matter what and i'm telling you now no one ever regretted a workout no one ever regretted a workout um in when i've gone through tough times i might been feeling a bit down breakups when you're younger and you think it's the worst thing in the world at the time like I went and trained, and that was my little escape for me to be able to just go and just let everything out. I could go and scream at myself in my garage, squatting or something like that. It didn't matter what I did; it was there for me. It didn't matter like who I wanted to be, how I wanted to. It was a way of like expressing myself through like, look, I can go and squat two hundred kilos because I've put in the work. And it's for me, it's just like a complete escape, but also a way to express myself and show my passion because passion like sorry fitness literally is my passion i like to express it through fitness as well mm-hmm.
0: yeah fitness is everything like not just fitness it could be whatever aspect of fitness you like whether it's lifting weights whether it's going for a run people find like almost like a meditation and going for a run it's like their headspace just to think about things it's not just the thing that get your aggression out yes it can be a great thing where when life's tough tough it can be throwing a load of iron around for an hour and a half is great fun yeah when you have that anger inside, you can just like shout as loud as you want and get all that frustrated out. There's so many kind of different ways that the gym, the gym and training can just be great for your mental health. And um, I found the same sort of thing. Like it was my, when the darker times, there was one thing that was always consistent through them bad times, which was always my training. I always kept that going. And then I think when you have consistency in one thing in life, it'll just lead on to the next thing and the next thing. So when people do lose that, that's when that's when
1: things start to get really dark. But yeah. Um, I think it's quite, uh, from a social point of view as well like you can go you can eat. like some of the coolest people I've met I've met when I've been training like not necessarily gym it was training in rugby I've met some absolutely incredible people like 90% of my best mates come from meeting them through rugby okay and I wouldn't have met them if I wasn't playing rugby and I wasn't training with them and then now my mates come and gym with me and it's awesome on a Saturday morning we go we have a deadlift party and we bang some tunes on and then go do whatever after like it's a super good social thing as well and even i think it's tough because i think a lot of the gyms in the uk and i know particularly here they don't have the best environment which is one of the things that does my head in the most because i think the gym should be a friendly environment if i opened the gym i'd have a no headphone rule yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I oh, my headphones are to be fair i've just noticed that i'd never really dream of music on or nothing
1: no no nah. mate it's go go and enjoy it should be a cool environment i think go there like meet people like ask someone for a spot don't be scared to because everyone's in the same boat there like realistically you're all like-minded people and they're just trying to better yourself who knows Mm -hmm. there could be someone really cool that you get on with or something like that like it's a cool social thing as well
0: yeah you want it to be a community that's what i try and make my all my clients even like from online to my one-to-one i get them in a group i know obviously there's some people that don't like socializing that aspect but In terms of my gym, like, I feel like I've got a nice little group of clients that have never met each other before, but now they're interacting, like, they're doing a few group things because of the gym. So I think it's bringing everyone together and having that community, and there should be no one judging one another, whether one person can do a 200kg back squat and another person can do a 50. Like, it it doesn't matter. We've all got the same goal, like you mentioned. They're all the same headspace. And you're all investing in your own health. Like, a big thing I see is successful people, probably 99.9% of them, all exercise in one shape, perform their own investing in the health because it's part of their routine, and that can just lead to lead to again, like I said, more and more successes over the years. Um, so, yourself. yeah, hundred percent.
1: so first. If you look after yourself, you can look after other people. I think
0: exactly, mate, hundred percent. Gone. We'll wrap up with the three final questions because we're, we're we're getting short on time. I know you had a little look at them at the, the start. So people yeah. who were listening before probably know the questions. First one: three people you'd like to invite round for dinner or a coffee, past or present, so anybody.
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger, just because I think it'd be cool and quite funny at the same time. Um, oh, you! I'm I'm getting second guessing them in my head now. Um, <laughs> Eddie Eddie Hall would be a cool one because I think he'd be funny. Um, a lot of mine will be fitness based, and then someone else i think would actually be i'm gonna keep the fitness base ross Edgeley. i think he's a yeah. very very interesting bloke and i don't know if you've read his book the art of resilience um i've seen it I've, i know what you're talking about yeah yeah mental the guy swam around great britain like yeah. which is absolutely insane and just having like i love chatting fitness sports science and things like that and just trying to pick his brains about a few things i think it'd be absolutely fascinating so yeah those Yeah, it's a difficult question because there's to be so many people that I'd love to. Go and like pick people's brains and just catch up with because I think they're cool people. But those would be kind of three which would be on top of my list just because I've been following and watching a lot of their stuff recently. I think yeah, and uh, no, that's
0: what it's, it's at the front of your mind. But exactly. but you mentioned Ross like anybody who does any sort of endurance, long distance, ultra marathon stuff like, like the typical David Goggins sort of stuff. I want to get into their brains because they've got some like that sort of stuff is mental. <laughs> I don't know how like, I struggle. I struggle doing like a five ten k run. Never mind doing marathons. It's meant it's a mental challenge. I want to just know where that mentality came from because they are crazy so next one three people you want to train with obviously you
1: related want to train with right um bumstead just because like he's like i know he's, he, he's on god knows what but like aesthetically he's like top of the range he's also quite a cool geezer um i think goggins like you said goggins would be quite an instrument. Interesting... i know he'd absolutely kill you but if he just <laughs> I, I, I secretly quite like just being absolutely tortured, like yeah. <laughs> it would be the biggest yeah. mentality. And then I'm not a massive CrossFit person, but I think um, Rich Froning or Matt Fraser, like one of those two, like top of a CrossFit games kind of things. Just to have a bit more, mm-hmm. like I have a, like a serious respect for those top athletes, but just to see like those guys are crazy, man. Like they are freaks of nature.
0: Yeah, just see. Imagine they yeah. like doing like a, a water swim and how many times he would like lap you or doing something. Yeah. If he would- I'll be that. Ridiculous <laughs> like two kg dumbbells and he's like squatting i don't know what he can squat he's an absolute animal one of them both of them are both animals to be fair
1: yeah Over, overhead that? squat my back squat probably <laughs>
0: yeah i know he's, he's thrusting like 200 kilograms or something stupid i don't know what he can thrust. to be fair but anyway last question the big one one thing you'd
1: say to yourself five years ago get started we kind of touched on the start like don't don't procrastinate and don't be like you can be a perfectionist but be a perfectionist whilst doing stuff because looking back like like i feel i personally feel like i did waste time because i was in a good position to start and I didn't i wasted time starting like just go and start now it doesn't matter what you do and what you're doing it in whether it be fitness business life family whatever just get started right now set a goal put a plan in place and then just tick your tick your boxes but one of the biggest thing i would say about that as well is making sure that you're clear on why you're doing them okay because a goal is up in my eyes a goal is literally just words without why okay so set your goal break it back tick your boxes and just make sure you get fucking started now for sure
0: yeah, i love that that's a nice way to finish i like that
1: definitely all for that one mate but now it's been an
0: absolute pleasure having you on simon mate. thank you very much
1: yeah awesome thank you mate. i really appreciate you having me on thank you very much
0: Yeah, does shout out your um, Instagram where people can follow you as well, and your podcast as well. Give that a
1: mention. Yeah, for sure. So on Instagram, it's literally just Simon Johnson Fitness, and then the podcast is on Apple, Spotify, the works, and it's Listen Whilst You Step. So yeah, if anyone's ever got any questions about anything, just feel free to drop me a message. I'm always replying to people, answering any questions. I I love helping people, so yeah, just reach out to me. And on again, thank you. Have me on, mate.
0: Always, no mate. I'll stick all that in the show notes and the comments when it's on YouTube and stuff. Apologies for the connection. Hopefully it was all right. Well, the fact we're going, hopefully it was okay. Hopefully it was care. fine. But that was great, mate. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, Simon, mate. So thank you very much if you listen to the full episode, and thank you again, Simon, for coming on. Really down to earth guy, and you can tell when two like minded individuals come together on a podcast like this, you can just hit it off and just talk all day. So absolute pleasure. Stay tuned for future episodes. Maybe another podcast. Maybe I'll go on his podcast. We might even do an IG live at some point. We shall see. But anyway, give him a follow. Definitely a one to follow on Instagram. So as always, if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, remember to share it on your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anything, any stories. Tag myself, tag Simon in it, or tag any of the other previous guests in that you've listened to in the past. Let us know what you thought of it. Drop us a message. Just any sort of share and any sort of feedback would mean the world. If you really did enjoy the episode or any of the previous episodes, remember to leave a little review on iTunes or on Spotify, whatever you're on. Just leave a little review. Let us know what you thought of the podcast. Anything positive is massively appreciated. And if you don't have anything positive to say, probably message me privately first and then I can probably talk to you about it afterwards. And finally, if you did enjoy the podcast, like I always say, just send it over to one friend. Just iMessage them, WhatsApp them, whatever it is. Copy the link to the podcast, send it over to them. Just spread the word the best you can. That's all I'm asking for. So again, thank you very much for listening. This has been Process.